Sorry we couldn't see the lyrics, but let me give you the lyrics so you know exactly what it's all about. The song says, I gave my life for thee. Jesus saying this, I gave my life for thee. My precious blood I shed that thou mightest be redeemed and quickened from the dead. I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? Second stanza. I spent long years for thee in weariness, woe, that an eternity of joy mightest thou be thou. I spent long years for thee, as thou spent one for me. My father's house of light, my rainbow circled throne, I left for eternity night. For wandering sad and low, I left it all for thee. Hast thou left aught for me? I suffered much for thee. Much, more than thy tongue can tell of bitterest anguish, to rescue thee from hell. I suffered much for thee. What hast thou? What hast thou bought for me? And I have brought to thee down from my home above salvation, full and free, my pardon. And my love, great gifts I brought to thee. What hast thou brought to me? Lastly, oh, let thy life be given, thy years for him be spent, world fatal, all be raving, and joy with suffering blend. Bring thou thy worthless all, follow thy Savior's call. Praise the Lord. It's an old song written old English, so I hope you still you still get the meaning of uh, the song. Anyway, yes. So discipleship and self denial. I know this topic is not popular, but it's one of the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we that minister the gospel, we are accountable to the Lord. We have to preach a balanced message to the flock to everybody. We don't just preach the one that can make you jump up to the ceiling, but at the same time, one that can make you to be sober and to know that there are some obligations we have, you know, concerning our relationship with Jesus. Christianity is not just about God doing everything for us. Oh, we have a Savior. If I ask anything, we just do it for me. You know, just do it for me. Just what you get from the Lord. It's not just only that. God also expects us to do something on his behalf. Praise the Lord. So the discipleship is all about that. To deny oneself is to crucify the flesh. This is not something done to the believer, but what the believer does. To crucify the flesh, who does it? Oh, God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. No, you. Because he has given you the Holy Spirit to help you to do whatever the Lord Jesus Christ has commanded you to do. It means they put it to death 
of selfish, sinful desires. We crucify the flesh through repentance for sins, of sins, and by turning our back on the old way of life, by saying no to sinful pleasures, sinful passions. Romans 6, verse 13. Deny yourself, deny yourself sinful pleasures. There are some pleasures that are acceptable unto God. But there are also others that are not acceptable unto God. When you deny yourself of such sinful, worldly pleasures, you are, you are pleasing to God. As crucifixion was, a, was the vilest and most shameful form of death, for the worst criminal, so must our flesh be treated, not to be treated with respect or indifference. The sinful nature is the one at stake. Man has a sinful nature, and we also have the Holy Spirit that helps us to war against the sinful nature. It's a continuous battle. You have it, I have it. Everybody, young and old, ministers, bishops, pastors, Prophets, they all have this battle. It's a continuous one. Even as you are here now, that battle is going on in your mind, in your heart. And you have to make, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to help you to subdue the flesh, the sinful nature. Right now, the the evil one or the flesh can suggest to you, why not watch that program? There's a parallel program on internet that you, you, you love to watch at this time, but somehow you are in the church. Let me just take some time to watch it. As a temptation, you are the one to say no and discipline yourself. Say, no, I'm in the house of God. I'm in the presence of God. Will God like this? No. God will not like it. Therefore, you refrain from doing it. That's a type of self-denier. The flesh when we talk about the flesh, we don't mean this physical body. The flesh is the sinful nature of man. It is the carnal nature that is so evil and deserves crucifixion as well. Amen? Our, the sinful nature, just take note of that. Because there were some old belief in time of the early church, that this body is useless. This physical body is useless. It's only the spirit that is of importance to God. That is falsehood. God is interested in this physical body. We are made of spirit, soul, and body. God is interested in all. That's why even the prayer, I pray that your spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Amen. So when you talk about flesh here, please don't confuse it with the body, physical body. The sinful nature of man. Every man, every woman has that sinful nature, contending with the spiritual nature. And that is why some Christians are carnal and some are spiritual. They are Christian, quite all right. This is also the reason why some people, when they behave, and they are Christians, so when they behave, you begin to wonder, I thought she said she was a Christian. I thought he said he is a Christian. How come that he's doing this? Talk about temper, uh, anger, tantrums, and all that. You know, no self-discipline, and they just uh, 
be yelling and quarreling, open quarreling. Some even fight. So all those, those are carnal nature. It's of the sinful nature. That's the flesh we're talking about. You need to subdue it by the power of the Holy Spirit so that the spiritual man will always prevail in your life. And that's when God is glorified in your life. And the goal of every born-again Christian is to become Christ-like. You can't be Christ-like when, when you, you, don't, you can't control your temper. You are easily irritated, easily angered. A little thing, you are flared up. And even when somebody apologizes to you, for you to say, oh, it's all right, it's difficult. So some people are easily angered and difficult to appease. That does not represent the nature of Christ. God's nature is, is not easily angered. You should be like that too. And he's easily appeased. When you ask God, tell God, I'm sorry for what I did. Sincerely, you mean it with all your heart. He'll forgive you. And that's all. That's why we can live at peace with God because he forgives us our sins and trespasses whenever we err against him. The flesh is the carnal nature that is so evil and deserves crucifixion. My Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. He committed no sin, but he was crucified. That kind of ill treatment that was given to the Lord, that kind of, you know, death, shameful death, that's the kind of treatment we should give to our sinful nature. That's what it's all about. Conquering the flesh, the sinful nature, means walking in the spirit. Galatians 5 verse 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. So you know about walking in the spirit. He not walk with God, and he was not found because God had translated him. So how do we walk with God? It's another way of saying you have the, 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 the flesh under control. That's another way of saying it, walking with God. When you walk with God, you are living obedience to God, you honor God, and you magnify the name of the Lord in your life. So Galatians 5, 16 this I say, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. When you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh at the same time. Taking of the cross is a daily issue. Because that passage we read in Luke 9, verse 23, tells us that we should take up the cross and follow him. Let's read another scripture. Matthew 16, 24 to 25. Matthew. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's, that's in a nutshell what we are talking about. You deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. In the first place, the cross had nothing to do with the physical cross that people carve and carry around about. No, it's not a physical cross. Neither is it plastic or iron cross. No, none of the above. So what then is the cross? Carrying the cross. And on daily basis, you have to carry the cross. So if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you want to be his true disciple, 
you will carry your cross daily and follow him. So they are talking about subduing the flesh and, you know, denying the flesh of fleshly and sinful desires. The, f- the flesh subjects us to the works of the flesh. Uh-huh. Now you understand it better. The works of the flesh are these, as in Galatians chapter 9, 5, 19 to 21. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It's so clear. The Bible makes it so plain and so clear. These are the words of the flesh. I don't have to ask you whether you have these things in you. If you are a Christian, it's possible some of them are still there. But that is why you need to grow up. That's why you need to subdue the flesh so that the spirit man will reign supreme in your life. Amen. Yes, that is the spiritual growth. You leave all this carnal nature, things that belong to the old man, and put on Christ Jesus. The flesh can never be reformed or improved. This one is important to know. Can never be reformed, can never be improved. Let me just try, try. You can't try. The flesh must die. Amen? Yes, if the spirit must, you know, have the ascendancy in your life, the flesh must die. And on a daily basis, a continuous thing. And the grace of God is sufficient because we are not the first to be Christians. Even in the Old Testament, like I told you people, they live crucified life. In the New Testament, it's much easier because we have the Holy Spirit. No wonder Paul could say in Galatians 2, verse 20. Let's check it out. Galatians 2, verse 20. Paul made a statement. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the by the faith, faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If Paul could say that, you also can say that. Amen. This flesh must be crucified. The sinful nature. Don't give excuse that, look, we are all humans, we are all humans, we are all humans, and we are not perfect. Some people hide under that canopy. We are not perfect, we are humans. For how long will you remain ordinary human? For how long will you become mere men? We are not supposed to be mere men because we have the spirit of God dwelling with us. We dwell in Christ and Christ dwells in us. That makes us very special. We are not like other people. 
Sometimes we like to compare ourselves with unbelievers, but we are not supposed to because we have a new spirit. We are partakers of the divine nature. The spirit of God is in us. You carry God. Unbelievers don't carry God. You carry God. That should distinguish you from every other believer, and that should put you on a different pedestal entirely. The Bible says that we are translated spiritually already. We are translated and are seated with Christ in heavenly places. What does that mean? Spiritually speaking, the devil is, is under our feet, and of course, demons. We are both seated with Christ in heavenly places. Are you seated with Christ in heavenly places? It's a question. If you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, then you decide dominion and victory over the wars of the flesh, over the sinful nature. That's what we're talking about. It is possible because you have the Holy Spirit. And I've often said it, the Holy Spirit is given to us. He does so many things for us. He helps us to intercede. He, he, he helps us even in prayer life. And then one of the benefits that is our helper. In all way you can think of, I've heard testimony of engineers when they have difficult problems and it's a real challenge. And those who are filled with the Spirit, they just pray. They just bow down their head and pray, Lord, this is a puzzle. Management is disturbed. Myself, I don't know what to do about it. Lord, what do I do about it? And God will give wisdom and understanding. Daniel faced such a difficult situation wherein there was even threat to his life and that of a fellow Jews. If they could not, if they not, could not tell the dream that the Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed, can you imagine that? A mad dream, and now he's coming to tell me, tell me the dream. I, I, what? How come? You dreamt it, you should know. He said he forgot, and you tell me, you tell me the dream, you tell me the meaning. You see, it was so difficult. But thanks be to God, Daniel consulted his maker, and God gave him the revelation. I told it right to the king, this is the meaning, and this is what will happen. Can you imagine that? So God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he can give us an edge over the average person. So we are not to be compared to unbelievers. We are far above them. Amen. The Lord has made it so. And you should live in that consciousness and glorify God by subduing the flesh as well. The only way of escape from the law of sin and flesh is total execution and replacement with a brand new life. That's why in 2 Corinthians 5.17... See, if any man be in Christ, if it happens, if it happens that somebody says, oh, I'm now a Christian, I'm now a new man, I'm in Christ. What happens, if any man be in Christ, it's a brand new creature. Not a refurbished creature, a brand new one. Amen? Let's talk about the heart. Because there was even a prophecy through Ezekiel that God will give a new heart to men. New heart. Instead of the heart of stone, he will give the heart of flesh. God has fulfilled our promise by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. If any man be in Christ, a new creature, all things pass away. All things become new. 
All those old things that you take pride in, and when they ask, you say, oh, we are all human. They ought to have passed away by now. So grow up, brothers, grow up, sisters. Amen. Yes. I won't say you are not a Christian because you still have some of those things, but you need to grow up. If flesh, self-denier is the willingness to deny oneself or possessions or status in order to grow in holiness and commitment to the Lord. It is a daily exercise for the rest of our lives on earth from the moment of the new birth. Another passage we want to read is Titus chapter 2, 12 to 13. And this is what it says. Teach uh, from verse 12 to 13. They teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for the blessed hope, for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is need for us to put the flesh under, always. You know what is happening in the Middle East now? People are just dying without notice, without notice, without preempting anything like that. Something happened and they are gone. They lose their property, lose their friend, their children, and everything. It's a pathetic situation. But you see, for the, somebody who, is, uh, who has a soul winner's heart, you'll be concerned and say, ah, so this boy, they just went into eternity unprepared. Just like that, with a bomb blast, some people just go into eternity unprepared. Not where they did not know God. And they die, and there's no opportunity for them to repent anymore. Bible says it's appointed out to man want to want to die, and after that, there's no repentance after death. No matter how many bishops and pastors come and pray for a dead person, and that one is very common in some of our Orthodox religion and all that. They pray for the dead. It doesn't it doesn't avail anything. Why we have our being? This is when we should get it right with God. Right now, not tomorrow. Don't even procrastinate say, until I get home, until I'm this, until. Just right now, you need to be right with God. So anytime Jesus comes, because even the rapture we're expecting, he is coming as a thief in the night. I know things have changed. I know there are some robbers and thieves that even come during the day now. But <laughs> at least when, when we're growing up, <laughs> you see, thieves used to add, you know, they, they used to wash the owner of a property. And so when the, the owner is not there and it's nighttime, they can easily go and steal. But this time around, they are so bold. But generally, thieves, they come in the night. And that is the symbology used to describe how Jesus Christ will come. Will come as a thief in the night. But for you, believer, you should not be taken on our words because through teachings like this, through Bible study, through fellowship, we are being prepared. 
that Jesus Christ can come anytime, any day. So we should be ready. We don't, there's no special sign you tell me, oh, until this sign happens now. For rapture can take place anytime. So we have to be ready, rapture ready all day long, every day and every time. When you are willing to sacrifice your time, your energy, your rights, your positions, your reputation, your privileges, comforts, and even your life for the sake of Christ, you exemplify self-denial. When you are willing to do all that, by faith, Moses, when he was come of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he looked to the reward. Hebrews 11, 24 to 26. Think about that. This was a young man and he, he was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter and if he continued in that palace, he could become Pharaoh one day and have uh, all the royal treatment from the palace. But he looked at his own people outside suffering under the tutelage of the Egyptians. He chose rather to suffer affliction with his own people than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. That's self-denial. That's the kind of thing we are talking about. Praise the Lord. In Genesis 39, 8-9, Joseph forsook the pleasure of lying with Potiphar's wife when he was persistently tempted by saying, how can I do this great wickedness? and sin against God. No pastor there with him. No relation. Remember, he was taken captive and he was sold to the Egyptians. And now he was, serving, was a servant in Potiphar's house. This temptation came. By virtue, in fact, if he adhered to that, that temptation, maybe... Well, he wouldn't have become king. He wouldn't have become number two in, the, in Egypt. We know that very well. But then his, uh, his destiny would have been cut short. God has a bright future for every one of us. Every one of us. It is within our power to say, oh, I want that future to be realized. I want to fulfill destiny or to pluck it down or to misuse our life and do anything we like in the name of rights. This is a nation we talk so much about right, right, self-right. Even children have right and all that. That is commendable, but to understand spiritually, you know, it distorts people from remaining focused as really committed children of God. Because we now think about my right, my right, my right, whereas I neglect God's own will in my life. I rather think about my own will and not God's will. You can see. It doesn't go well as regards spiritual relationship with the Lord. So your rights, sometimes you may have to even fulfill, forfeit your rights in order to please God. That's what it's all about. 
like Joseph did. For Peter is right, Moses did. A young teenager, Daniel, who was taken captive to Babylon, said this in Daniel 1 verse 8. He said, Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defy himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor walk, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuch that he might not defy himself. That was a very serious decision that he made. It was a determination. You seem like you can determine. You are in the midst of people that are given to alcohol, drugs, and other kind of licentiousness. Make up your mind. Oh, I'm a child of God. I can't fit in. I can't do all these things. Distinguish yourself. That's what Daniel did. He made up his mind. And God did not fail him. God will not fail you when you also take such decision in your relationship. There are some Christians... When they become Christian, they begin to talk about the old friends that they had. There are some of them that must go. Some old friends must go. A few may agree with your new way and continue, but some of necessity must go. And you're not bound to continue with that kind of old friendship. You are now in the light, and that person is still in darkness. Nevertheless, you have a responsibility to tell your old friends about your newfound faith. Yes, tell them. But that intimacy will not be there anymore. Suppose you were boyfriend, girlfriend. You are not married. You were sleeping with yourselves. Now you are a child of God. Will you continue in the name of friendship, friendship, friendship? No. You have to call it quits because you are not a child of God. These are the things we're talking about. Self-denial and discipleship. Apostle Paul, I will know so well. God used him to write about two third of the New Testament, the epistles. He said this in Philippians 3, 7 to 9. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as dung or as rubbish that I may gain Christ. This is what we're talking about. So you need to get so committed to the Lord that you are ready to forgo of sinful pleasures. Even some kind of recognition that you had while you were a non-believer. You need to forsake them. You need to, to forsake them so that they will not hinder you. A few days ago, I watched a video of a king, a notable king in Nigeria, um, in Ogbomosho. And this man got converted. So this Oba got converted. And he was now preaching. Oh, my God, you need to watch that Oba preaching to fellow obas and chiefs, multitude of them preaching the sound gospel that they should not bow down to those idols. 
You know, in your, in your palaces, you have idols, you have the, if you bow down to them, you become an idol worshiper. You have to refrain from all that. I was telling them all those things, that they have to refrain from all that. Because if you are in Christ Jesus, all things pass away. All things become new. That's what the Holy Ghost can do in the life of a man. Amen. Yes, there is no doubt he will have enemy because of that. There is no doubt some friends will say, ah, you're always too much. But you should be ready to suffer all those things, losses as it were, on account of the gospel. Amen. Self-denial is important for holiness and sanctification. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, it's impossible to please God. So live holy life. You need to live holy lives. We expect the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Self-denial is important for living right. Living right. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Please, let's read that one. 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. Flee also youthful loss, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Verse 23. Next verse. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. So what I tell you is, look, youthful loss, we should do away with them. It gives pleasure to the sinful man, but not to you as a child of God. There are certain things you used to do. It should be past now. One son said, there are some things I used to do, I do there no more. Some places I used to go, I go there no more. Friends I used to keep, I keep there no more. Things I used to love, I love them no more. But there are even some things I used to hate. Now I love such things. Praise God. That's what happens when somebody is truly and genuinely born again. You have the hangover from the old man is distorting your Christian life, and you are just looking at it and saying, oh, you know, we are, we are human beings. I'm telling you that's not tenable in sight of God. It's not enough to give one's life to Christ, but you need to live the life that Christ has called you unto. Amen. Self-denial is important for angelic ministration. Yes, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus Christ denied himself of food. And what happened in that temptation, after he overcame, the angels went and strengthened him, ministered to him. Similarly, God will minister to you when you resist the flesh, when you, you know, subdue the details of the flesh. Self-denial is important for preaching the gospel through our lifestyle. I know there are some people, they don't witness, they don't go out verbally to witness the gospel. There are reasons that, look, my lifestyle will encourage people to know Christ. That's only part of it. You also have to verbally preach the gospel. But this other part is good. Because when you are living an exemplary life, Christ-like life, people will be encouraged. I've heard of uh, testimonies of former Muslims, now Christians, 
who because of the character of people, Christian, they came across. You know, they were encouraged to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are now born again. Uh, are now ministers of the gospel. Praise the Lord. So, our character matters a lot. On the other hand, if we don't represent Christ enough, even people who want to come to Jesus will say, ah, if this is what it means to be a Christian, if this is how Christianity is all about, then um, count me out. That shouldn't be. May we not be stumbling blocks to those who are seeking genuinely to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Self-denial is important for acceptable service unto God. Romans 12, verse 1. Self-denial is uh, important for spiritual growth. Ephesians 4, verse 15. Yes, for spiritual growth. Every one of us will need to grow. In fact, there's none of us here that has grown to the maximum. Even Apostle Paul, with all his credentials, he still prayed that he will know the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. That's the kind of thing. I press on to know him. You should press on to know Jesus the more. Amen? Yes. In pursuit of holiness and spiritual growth. Areas for self-denial. In talking. We are not going to too many scriptures. Proverbs 21 verse 23. Let's, let's read that one. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Talking about talking, just talking. You need to assess self-control there and you need to have some self-denial on account of the gospel. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from troubles. Very true. So you need to put some kind of spiritual padlock over your mouth if you are the one that talks too much. That's what it means. That's self-denial. You see, left to me, I talk so much, and I love to talk, and I love to talk, and talk, and talk. But, but, for the sake of Christ, put by lock. Amen? That's what we are saying. Yes. Areas of self-denial. Things of the world. What are the things of the world? First, uh, John chapter 2, 15 to 17. Tells us about the loss of the flesh, the pride of life, and the loss of the eyes. Those are the things. Those are the things of the world. So if you have them, you need to get rid of the thing, loss of the flesh, loss of the eyes, and pride of life. Pride. God is pride. But he elevates the humble. In eating and drinking, like we saw in case of Daniel, self-denial, he denied himself of those sweet, sweet Pleasantries from the king's palace. <laughs> if you are in a party and you have assorted drinks, assorted food and all that, the temptation is also there for you to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. Say, Ali, it's not common. All these things, they are not common. So let me just eat and eat. We have to have self-control and self-denial to say, no, I don't have to take everything. I just take this, this, and that. That's discipline. Amen. In dressing, the same thing. You need self-control. You need self-denial in dressing. Left to me. Left to the sinful nature. Left to my flesh. This is how I really love to dress. Like that model I can see on television. But for the sake of Christ, God forbid I should dress that way. 
You change your wardrobe. Your shopping pattern changes because of your preferences for the things that we defy and things that we glorify the Lord. Living modestly rather than indulging in luxury excessively. That's another way of self-denial. There are some people, some men of God, I've heard a man of God, who say he has the power to buy the most expensive jets. He has the money, he has the means to, to, to live in the most expensive house. No. But he found that there are needs in the gospel. And there are so many people to take care of. For the sake of that, he wouldn't ride any of the best cars that he would normally have loved to ride. He wouldn't leave or be the house that he would have loved to have. Self-denial on account of the gospel. Why live in luxury, super luxury, when people are living in penury? That's the problem we have in our country, not only in my country, but many other countries. You live in super affluence, and the average citizen is living in poverty. That's injustice. So, but a child of God cannot bear that. You can't do that. Benefits. Okay, let's talk about steps to self-denial. Steps to self-denial be prayerful. When you are a prayerful Christian, you find that it becomes easier. First Thessalonians 5 verse 17. When you study and meditate upon God's word, you find that you are more inclined to reason like God reasons and live like Jesus lived. Live holy lives. By meditating upon the word of God, Joshua 1 verse 8. Delighting in worshiping with other believers is very, very important, like we are doing now. But there are some people who decide not to fellowship with other believers. Hebrews 10 verse 25 tells us that. In so much as we see the coming of the Lord draw near, we should learn to have fellowship with fellow brothers and sisters to encourage one another. Even if you feel you don't have need, that you are just okay, don't need anybody's support, don't need anybody's financing, don't need anybody's prayers. By, by virtue of you being a Christian, you are under obligation to still attend fellowship and glorify the name of the Lord and help the helpless and help those who are less privileged than yourself. Can you see? It's not only for what God will do for me, what God will do, what can you do for God and for the people of God? And for humanity. Be led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8:14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. When you are led by the Spirit of God, you will not indulge in sinful pleasure. There are some pleasures that are sinful. You will say no, no to that. Being led by the Spirit of God helps you to deny the sinful pleasures. Living a life pleasing unto the Lord. Some benefit of self-denial, promotion, like Daniel. What happened to Daniel? After he endured all those uh, denial, self-denial, he was promoted. He was promoted to be a leader, you know, a vice president. Vice president of pr- vice president. He was leader among vice presidents. They were even jealous of him when they found out he was excelling. And then they sought an occasion to get him uh, incriminated by uh, in asking that the king make a decree 
we should bow down to an idol, an image. Anybody will not bow down to that image. Anybody who will pray to any other God for so many days will be arrested. Daniel knew that. He, was, he kept on praying to God as usual. Despite all that, God promoted him. God elevated him. He did not serve only under King Nebuchadnezzar. He served under the son Belshazzar. He served under the Medes and the Persians. Can you imagine for such a long time, spirit of excellence and favor of God, God's favor will rest upon you as you obey him, as you make sacrifices to deny yourself of sinful pleasure in Jesus' name. You have favor inside of men and women. What about uh, Joseph? Was that the end of the story? Because he refused, you know, to lay with the master's wife? No. He was elevated. You know the story very well. He became number two, you know, to the king in that empire of Egypt. So that's what self-denial can help us do, can show us if God will elevate us. Harvest of souls. There are certain things we, we do, but we will not do them because of fellow believers. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. There are certain things you can do. Nobody quarrels it in the society. For example, taking marijuana is, a, is not a sin now, especially the, the medical one. It's not a sin. But there are people for the sake of their spiritual nature, their, their spiritual maturity, they refuse to take it. I'm not going to take it. I know of some group homes, they say, oh, even though this thing is legal, but they don't accept it. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. What are those things you are giving up? Remember that song we sang. What are those things you are giving up in your life just for the sake of consecration? Those are the things. They are benefits. Harvest of souls. More people will come to know the Lord through you. Even physical prosperity. God will prosper you like God prospered Daniel. And of course, divine protection. Self-denial is very important in our spiritual growth. We cannot be in conformity with the world and claim to be friendly with God at the same time. Let's read this scripture. James chapter 4 verse 4. Say, oh, uh, self-denial is very important in spiritual growth. We cannot be in conformity with the world and claim to be friendly with God. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. There are some things that are very popular in the society, but it's abomination in the sight of God. You know that. Some things that are very popular to the people of the world. But in sight of God, it's abomination. You refrain from all that for the sake of Christ. Christ is coming soon. There's not much time. Say, oh, after I finish school, after I'm married, after I do this, then I will get closer to God. Now is the right time. Have you heard me, and are you hearing me now, and you are not born again yet? When we ask this question to some people, they tell you, oh, I'm not religious. I'm not even talking to you about religion. I was religious, and I was lost. I was religious, and I was not born again. I was baptized. I was confirmed. I'm talking about me now. 
I was baptized, I was confirmed, and I was not born again. I didn't have peace of mind. This respite that we all have, that's a gift from God. I didn't have it. I didn't have assurance of heaven where I will spend eternity. Is there anybody here now you are not sure of where you spend eternity? I hope you have not heard false belief that, look, oh, until we get there, it's when we get there we'll know where we'll go. No, that if you believe that, you have been wrongly, you have been deceived already. The truth is that now is the acceptable time to make peace with God. Ask him to forgive your sin and make you a child of God. So if you have not yet born again, you can be born again with a short prayer of commitment. You mean it and God will mean it. You forgive all your past sins and make you a brand new creature. Praise the Lord. That's what God can do. So if you are watching online and you have not received Jesus, this is an acceptable time. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God that will help you to live the Christian life. Is there anybody who is sick here or you have a habit that is sinful? You know it is a sinful pleasure. It gives you some pleasure, but it's sinful. And you want to be delivered? This is the right time, appropriate time. You can signify and I will pray for you. Amen. There's nothing too hard for God to do. Drug addicts have been delivered from addiction and they are now sober and they are now ministers of the gospel. Fornicators, adulterers have repented and are now ministers of the gospel. So no matter what you think you are doing that is a habit, you know, and that is very difficult for you to stop, with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can put an end to it. Make up your mind like Daniel. Daniel proposed in his heart that he will not defy himself. Propose in your heart by the grace of God, I'm getting over this smoking thing. So many people, smoking, smoking is not a problem anymore. That is one thing that is legal. That's one thing that uh, you can do legally and nobody will question you. But it's not good for your head. You know that. That's how some things are not also good for you spiritually, even though they are legal. So I want to pray for such people. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know the hearts of men. Whosoever is in such condition, O Lord, they have some habits, O Lord, that have mastered them, that they cannot overcome by their power. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. That is why you have given us the Holy Spirit to help us, to be our helper. Lord, I'm asking, O Lord, grant boldness to this, my brothers and sisters, that we have, O Lord, victory over the works of the flesh in the name of Jesus. They will grow unto maturity, unto Christ-likeness in the name of Jesus. Whatever has dominion over them that is not of God, we dethrone in their life right now in the name of Jesus. Is this spiritual challenge? Anybody that has false spirit, we cast that evil spirit out of you in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus, every name must bow. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Father, grant every one of us victory over all those evil habits in the name of Jesus. And let your name, Lord, be glorified in our lives. That your coming, none of us shall be left behind in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.